This show is brought to you by listeners and viewers like you. EvanX.com Tesla Accessories, our TeslaOwnersOnline.com community, and our Patreon supporters at Patreon.com slash TeslaOwnersOnline. Well, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Tesla Owners Online Podcast. Listen, we haven't been doing too much over the uh, summer vacation because, well, it's summer and we like to take a little time off. But, hey, we're coming back with a bang. Uh, my friend Ian Pavelko is joining us on this podcast, but we have two gentlemen that have just completed the first European Iron Butt Cannonball Run. <laughs> we have Guillaume and Roman who are joining us in their uh, in their Model 3, and we thought we'd have them on the show to uh, kick off things and uh, let it tell us all about their run. Um, I guess uh, I'll let you guys take over, but tell us a little bit about your inspiration and uh, where this came about, how long it took, and uh, give us all the details. Uh, so the inspiration basically was you, <laughs> um, because we... Um... Uh, well, we've seen the, the, the run that you made uh, last year, uh, Trans-Canadian run, uh, so 6,000 kilometers in 73 hours. And uh, the great thing about that run was that you um, were able to, um, it was live, so we could see your progress and um, and we could see, interact with you on Twitter. We could uh, we could send you questions and you, you would answer when you were not driving or sleeping. And... Um, so that was really, really inspiring, and um, it showed uh, that in, even in the dead of winter, uh, you could cross Canada at great speed, and uh, and uh, that electric cars are, are the future, and the future is now. So, but you guys didn't do yours in winter like we did. No, because <laughs> that would be impossible, because the route we chose, um, basically... There have been a few attempts in the past in Europe. So um, uh, Tesla Model S's have uh, gone from tar Tarifa to uh, south of Spain, close to Gibraltar, uh, up to North Cape. And uh, we chose a different route because, uh, the, you know, in the US and Canada, it's coast to coast. So uh, it's, it's um, well, it's a tradition and it's uh, it's really people in the US and Canada really do travel those routes. In Europe, we are we have different countries, so we don't have family members in Norway. Uh, it's not the same thing that, you know, you could, you could have some uh, family member in Halifax and another one in Vancouver, and, uh, and that's perfectly normal in Canada. In Europe, it's not the case. So people travel within their own countries, or maybe they go on vacation within the closest countries, but we, we don't have, uh, basically no one is, is traveling 6,000 kilometers, just Know, on vacation or to visit no. family so we had to establish a route and coast to coast is nice uh and we don't have coast to coast because we have the west coast and on the east coast is uh it's basically asia uh so uh we used to say that europe is from the atlantic to the ural uh, mountains in russia in siberia but which place so there, there is no border so well no uh, definitely fixed um, fixed place so Instead of coast to coast, we chose Cape to Cape. And the funny thing is uh, uh, Cape St. Vincent in Portugal uh, is on cliffs that are 200 or 300 meters high. And it's the same thing in North Cap uh, in Norway, uh, Cape North. So both capes look very similar. And, um, and the route is longer than the Tarifa North Cap route. So we basically, uh, as I said uh, on Twitter recently, we basically chose the longest route to cross Europe from Cape to Cape, the longest route that, that made sense. Uh, 
And a friend replied, well, nothing of that really does make sense. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we, we see what you mean. <laughs> nothing really makes sense when you do these things. Um, no, exactly. So how, how long ago did you uh, start planning this? Because like Ian and I, it was literally two weeks at the most, Ian. Yeah. It was like a phone call. <laughs> yeah, you like, want to go? You want to go? Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, tell us a little bit about your your planning and what you what you did. Initially, it was it was supposed to be a, a few weeks or months before, maybe early early 2020. And we after thought, your run. Yeah, and we thought we could do it uh, early summer 2020. So maybe June 2020 initially. Yeah, because the roads are closed uh, and the, the weather, um, well, we, we're not accustomed to driving on the snow because we don't have snow, snow in France anymore, unfortunately, uh, because of climate change. And um, so basically there is a very narrow launching window to do that uh, because uh, the road of North Cap is closed. So you just cannot reach it, we, even with uh, snow chains. So uh, it's basically, I would think, from May to September. And did so, you guys have, like, what kind of tires did you have on your car? So those are my uh, summer tires. I put uh, Michelin Pilot Sporaces uh, recently. Okay. And when I replaced the tires, uh, the rear tires were, the Hankook were the OEM tires, uh, were worn out. But the front tires, because I didn't switch, I didn't make a rotation, the front tires were still okay for a few thousand kilometers. So these are the guys you see in the back our two uh, passengers <laughs> and uh, they are they would be helpful uh, if we had a flat tire we could go to um, where we could inflate the tire with the, the, the foam and go to uh, any shop uh, that we find and uh, have them replaced without having to wait for seven days to to get uh, the, the new tires so because the, the lead times are, are that high um, so that would have you know taken one or two or three hours out of the run but still made the run possible um, because I don't have spare wheels, I didn't want to buy spare wheels for the for, for, for the trip. And the car is running 19 inches uh, wheels because uh, sport wheels, uh, because that's what my car has. Uh, we could have made better better time if I had bought 18 inches with our wheels. But you know, uh, we wanted to show it's possible. You just go to Cape Saint Vincent, you you plug in the nav, you type not cap, and you, off you go with your car with no special equipment, well, just those tires that are there for back. So two more quick questions. So your car is uh, all-wheel drive, Model 3? Yeah, we, we both have a Model 3. Mm -hmm. So mine was one of the first Model 3s delivered in Europe in uh, in March 2019. Uh, I made a reservation on uh, on March 2016. Uh, March 31st, we all did. Just before the <laughs> we all did. Exactly. Well, well, some people camped for more, more time than a than I did. <laughs> I wonder who to... that could be. <laughs> yeah, I know, but, uh, just went to the store in the afternoon after work. So, um, but on the on the day of the thirty first, before the reveal, and um, so I got my car in March twenty nineteen, and it's a long range all wheel drive, um, non performance, uh, with nineteen inch uh, tires. No, the sport wheels. And okay. uh, and Roman just got his um, standard plus. Standard uh, range with eighteen inches. Okay. And arrow wheels. Right. So, basically, for a cannonball run, uh, if you have the choose uh, to choose between a long range and a standard range, the choice is obvious. And my car, in addition to that, has the FSD software. Uh, well, 
yeah, FSD yeah. option mm-hmm. paid for. <laughs> and in Europe, it's really crippled uh, yes. compared to what is available even to regular customers in, the, in North America. And it has nothing to do with the FSD beta software that's running. It's just out. autopilot in general, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's enhanced autopilot. So we can, the, the good thing on the run was, um, uh, so it keeps you in your lane, it keeps a safe distance. And on my car, compared to Romance One, uh, when you uh, touch the steering wheel and indicate at the same time, uh, then the car does the lane change for you. Uh, in the U.S., it's automatic, though you don't have to confirm. In Canada as well, I think. Correct. Uh, yes. Okay. So, but we have to do that. Uh, but still, it's it, it removes a lot of load. Uh, it also yeah, takes that... every exit for you. Yeah. yeah it takes a... Yeah. That's exactly. a discussion we can. Most... Yeah, that's certainly a discussion we can have <clears throat> with other people because in Europe, uh, for, for those of you in the U.S. that might be watching, autopilot in the U.S. is uh, severely handicapped in, in terms of its features because the regulators are being a lot more cautious if you will that is in the u.s you, in, so, your, in europe you said u.s trev oh you sorry yes i meant in yeah. i meant in europe in general so um yeah. fsd even though that um, they are testing it in the u.s it's still going to be a long time before we see it outside of the uh, uh yeah. of those borders i know for a fact that they are testing it with internal employees here in canada but uh, anyways no there's no sign of that but anyways that's a discussion for another yeah. day but, but- but we, we, we'll talk about that later because autopilot is a key to the success of a cannonball run. Uh, well, definitely. actually, let's talk about it right now since we're on the yeah. topic. How much of it did you use in your course? Because I know with us, I think we used it maybe, what do you think, Ian? What, what, what was the number, 50? I was keeping pretty steady track of it. It was about 50% of the time. Yeah. And, and the reason for that is because a lot of people don't realize this. Approximately half the distance of the Trans-Canada run, coast to coast in Canada, is all on single lane roads, which have a speed limit of 90 kilometers an hour. And if you want to go anything more than 10 kilometers or six miles per hour over that speed limit, which we didn't exceed by much, but we wanted to go slightly quicker than that just to maintain a decent time, not an unsafe speed, but a reasonable speed, uh, you, couldn't use, um, you couldn't use auto steer. You could only use the tack, the, the cruise control portion. So we didn't use autopilot for about half the country. We just used the tack. And, uh, so that, that would be in, in the middle of the country? Yes, exactly. Um, from around the prairies, essentially almost all of Ontario, because Ontario, you run around uh, Lake Superior, and uh, out of the 6,000 kilometers we did, uh, Ontario represents 2,000 kilometers of that. It's quite a substantial difference. It's very, distance. It's, it's huge. Yeah, so, all, yeah, all, the middle of the country for sure, and parts of the Maritimes here and there, um, going through in uh, British Columbia, going through the, uh, the mountain passes, uh, same thing. So it winds up being about 3,000 out of the 6,000 kilometers where we drove the car manually or just with the cruise control. But um, in in your case, you're able to use it a lot more, I think, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I I thought you didn't use it because of the weather conditions, the fact that it was on snow and ice. So that's part of it. Yeah, that's also true. Yeah, You could also have put the steering, you know, uh, auto steer, but then you would have to to manually accelerate because then uh, it's possible to use it this way. But um, uh, basically, our uh, premises was um, we want to establish a time from Cape Saint-Vincent to North Cape, and to be, um, well, let's go back to the um, why we did that. <laughs> if, uh, basically, uh, too many people nowadays are, are, are buying fossil cars, even if they have uh, they are equivalent uh, electric cars, which are better in almost every way. Uh, 
and cheaper to operate. Maybe the sticker price is a bit higher, but uh, in, in the long run, it's cheaper to operate because the, the gas prices just hit two euros a liter in, in Europe, uh, in for France. instance, in France. Wow. And um, so people don't realize they, they just see the sticker price and they don't know how their car, how much their car is costing them. But so the, the reason we did that was to prove to any skeptic that it's possible to cross Europe in a great time with an electric car driving the speed limit okay because we want to establish that and 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 to be able to show that evs are uh, evolving and uh, they are getting better and better and better and even today someone with a tesla model 3 long range 2021 can beat our time by maybe one or two hours because that car is so much more efficient and my car is already two and a half year old. Uh, the battery has been, uh, it's normal, it's, uh, it's got a, a small degradation. So uh, a 2021 uh, Model 3 long range gets 80 kilometers more range than my car. So it's, it's really feasible. And how do you compare times if people are allowed to, you know, drive 150 when it's 120? Uh, of course they will gain time, but then you don't show the real case, uh, real usage, because most people drive at the speed limit or slightly above. But w what was the limit? W would we say, okay, we we decide to drive at five kilometers above the speed limit or 10 kilometers or 5%. How do you define that? Well, the, the only f uh, reasonable solution is to say, well, why not the speed limit? And uh, and it worked. I mean, uh, it's boring at times uh, because sometimes speed limits are really you have difficulties to understand them. And, you know, the road is the same. And suddenly uh, you go from uh, 80 to to 50, usually going in villages. But sometimes you are driving the same road. It's 130 and then it's 110 and then maybe it's 90 and sometimes it's 70, sometimes it's 80. And, and you keep, it's difficult to keep track of what is the, the speed limit, the actual speed limit, especially, unfortunately, on, on our Teslas, because uh, the map in the Tesla in Europe are really bad. And uh, we've been complaining about uh, that for a long time. Uh, we got an update and it was much worse. So, <laughs> oh, oh, no. You'll see. We, we have um, on the run, we have all the proofs. We have a time lapse from beginning to end showing the dashboard Good. with the uh, with the speed at the uh, at all times and the speed limit that is shown on the car and sometimes you'll see that we exceed that speed because that speed is wrong so um, we had to pay attention a lot to to the to the speed signs and uh, well sometimes we we didn't see all of them you mentioned that your maps are worse. I'm curious, when you planned the trip um, all, along your stops, did you use exclusively the map or na navigation in the car, or did you use something like a better route planner? Like, we use the better route planner uh, initially to put in more variables like temperature, speed, all those kind of things, and it Love. came up with a, like a, a, a number, which was our goal, and it was it was amazingly accurate. So I'm curious to what find out what, what tools you guys used for, for planning your trip. It was a bit of both. Okay. Uh, the initial, like before the run, was a better route planner, which in our case, we probably didn't use realistic numbers, realistic uh, values, because it was really optimistic. But during the run, it was 
not just a bit of both, it was a, a bit of the three, which is a better route planner, the Tesla system, and the human system. <laughs> yes. Like a yeah. Like a jack. We can and attest to that. The human too. system is, is pretty good at uh, reaching zero to one percent at the at the arrival, except when it's bad. And <laughs> you go for ten percent and you no, you're going to arrive with minus 10, so you got to slow down. And, and I can speak to the human system of making mistakes because we did, <laughs> um, yes, we, we did our we did our run in 73 hours, 30 minutes, 27 minutes, yes. I think it was, um, even though Better Route Planner came back and it said it was about 72. Now, we could have met that run had we not made a couple of human mistakes, like a couple of times we overcharged, another time we undercharged, so we had to slow down a little bit. Yeah, um, we did the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it happens. Um, how, how long was the actual trip from start to finish? Like how many kilometers exactly did you do? So 500, uh, 5,887 kilometers in uh, 70 hours and 49 minutes. Wow. So it's pretty close. I mean, what was ours? 6,100 kilometers? Here's the, st I, I wish I kept the numbers written down, but I mean, anyone can do the calculation. I, I think your average speed was about for the entire trip, including your stops, would worked out to around 80, what was it, 86? Just eight. below 2,000 kilometers a day. Right. So it was, let's let's do it now live on the show here. So I got my we'll calculator. So the total, total trip, we'll do it live. 5887? Yeah. Total distance? Okay. Divided by 70 Two. point, no, 70 hours and 50 something minutes. Well, I'm thinking about ours all again. Yeah. So I think it was about 70.85 hours is what I worked it out to. So yes, you were just over 83 kilometers an hour. I think I get 83.1 kilometers an hour as your average speed. We have a data logger as well. We oh, use good. TeslaMate, which is a free uh, open source data logger. Mm -hmm. And um, many, many thanks to Bob, uh, Bob Jouy, who helped us. Uh, oh, Bob's a great guy. Set, set, yeah, set, set it up. So he made um, uh, a great... Um, uh, explanation on uh, on a forum in in French, automobile prop, and um, so he even found uh, a cloud server. Uh, Oracle is uh, giving for free cloud server uh, server uh, time. So um, so we set it up, and we have uh, we have Tesla made. So we have all the data, all the charging speeds, all the speeds, all the the stops, the, the duration of the stop, and so on. we we'll put that. We'll disclose all that when we come back home because obviously right now we we want to enjoy our vacation in, in Norway and the rest of Europe. But and also we have the footage, which is 250 gigabytes of uh, 4K video. <laughs> so we wow. definitely need a fiber fiber optics. Yeah, uh, yeah you don't want to be doing it on your phone connection. That. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, to to answer your question, uh, so the 5,887 kilometers means an average speed of 83.8 kilometers an hour for the whole run including brakes including charging yeah yes. everything yeah but if you yeah if you exclude charging we're only at 97.2 so like it's, just driving yeah the speed limits mean we're only at 97.2 it was because for instance, france is uh, is about a thousand kilometers long and we had rain for almost all the trip Ooh. in france so we hoped to have a 130 speed limit but in france when it's raining the speed limit drops to 110. Yeah. everyone is driving 130 but we were driving 110 right it will show on the, on the time lapse and um 
well that's that's how we we set the rules and we we uh, we abide by them and uh, so we lost um, on 1000 kilometers losing 20 kilometers per hour you you lose uh, yeah. a lot of time yeah it's, so. it's brutal um, yeah. cu- I'm curious um, I, I guess your rules were pretty similar to ours in the sense that uh, the only time you would do anything mm-hmm. other that was basically you only stopped to charge so you would charge yeah. then yeah. you would wash them and eat or whatever you needed to do um, having said that <laughs> you know having done almost 6,000 kilometers for yourself and I think I saw a comment on um, from one of you on Twitter that you realized that doing it with two people is fairly difficult it's stupid. You should do it. It's, 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 it's because of you. It's the most idiotic thing you could ever imagine. It's, it's, it's brutal. It I is. love the honesty in that statement. Yeah, the, 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 the car is fine. There's no issue with the car. The autopilot is great. Uh, the weather was okay. We got in Sweden. We got rain and fog and. Uh, water puddles which were really tricky to handle because it they, they would slow us down and uh, we we did some aqua planning but the car is on rail so no issue but it would reduce greatly the efficiency so we manually drove there uh, in the middle of the lanes to um well uh, across the lane to uh, avoid the puddles and um but so every technical aspect the, the chargers were perfect uh, everything was fine except the human part uh, in particular, for myself, on the first night, well, the night before, I slept only five hours because I was so excited. And on the first night of the run, we, we left at sunset at Cape Saint-Vincent because it's so beautiful at sunset, so we didn't want to miss that. And uh, and we figured out that it would be better to reach Paris after the traffic jams and then to oh, have the run in right. German highways uh, at unlimited speeds uh, during the night where there is no traffic. So Terrible we, idea. Yeah. That was would great. have been better no, it was during great. the day. No, that was a great idea. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so glad you explained that, Guillaume, because I couldn't yeah. figure out why you would yeah. want to leave in the evening. I thought for the body, for your circadian rhythm, it would be tougher yeah. than leaving in the morning. But that makes yeah. sense. Uh, it was, obviously. So I didn't sleep. I slept only five hours on the, first, uh, on the night before. And on that first night... Uh, with all the excitement and, and, you know, starting the run and trying to understand what happens. And, and the first part was very hard because we, uh, the, the southwest part of Portugal uh, doesn't have so many superchargers. Uh, and we decided early on that we would only use Tesla superchargers because from our experience, uh, this is the only uh, real reliable uh, charging network. Mm-hmm. It's fast and it works. That's the that's what we, you need. You don't want to come to a, a charging station and fumble with the the, the apps, the cards, uh, trying to work. Oh, this one doesn't work, so you get the other one. We didn't want to mess with that. So only Tesla. And uh, the first chargers that we wanted to reach what was a bit complicated. We had to take some back roads, not only highways. And uh, we skipped a charger to gain time. Uh, because we started from Cape Saint-Vincent with 88% charge. So we were able to skip the first charger and reach the last charger, the, the second charger with 1% battery, uh, which was the only time during the run where we reached with 1% without really um, wanting to. It was more constraint. Later on, we reached with 0% but on purpose. So uh, so that night, uh, that night uh, I slept only twice and maybe 30 minutes each 
and I was really, really tired uh, from the beginning, from the get-go. The first, the first day we arrived in in France, and I was already, uh, you know, really, really tired. I just couldn't sleep. Uh, it was not comfortable. I, I, I had made the mistake not to take, you know, the uh, aviation the neck pillows. Collar. Yeah, uh, I have one at home, and pff, I didn't think of it. Uh, but uh, and my pillow, and Romain had one, so this is basically uh, the sleeping position. Okay, yes. We know that one well. Yes, yeah. we know that one well. You're like this, and you hope you are trying to sleep, and uh, and it's just uh, just hard. I know. Now, I know when when Ian had called me and he says he wanted to do a cross Canada run. My only concern about it was my inability to sleep in a car. I just cannot do it. Uh, yeah. Fortunately for me, uh, well, Ian knew this in advance, and uh, thank goodness because he came fully prepared. So not only did I have a blindfold, but I, but Ian knew my condition in in the sense that you need sensory deprivation. Yeah. So he yeah. brought a fairly heavy, not a not a bed comforter, but a heavy blanket, um, yeah. and um, I had my blindfold and some earplugs and a nice comfy pillow. And boy, did that ever work well for me. I'm glad he he did that. Um, you know, I you just showed us your pillow. Did you do anything else other than that? Did you have earplugs or a blindfold? No, we, well, we, yeah, we had, uh, it's here, yeah. I had a, yeah, I had, I my... had a, a tissue mask, <laughs> like a custom mask. Okay. As a blindfold. Oh, okay. okay. Got my blindfold it's, it's, it's the yeah. COVID mask oh, right. moved up here. We had a checklist, you know, we had a checklist <laughs> of everything that we needed to, to, to bring, and uh, mm -hmm. we still missed it. So anyway, and uh, so I have my polar jacket, yeah. and so, so I was like this. Okay. And I had, uh, it's here, I think. Is it here? Yeah, I have my Air France. Yes. Uh, ah, yes. there we go. That's what I had too. Yeah. Now, Romain, how did you sleep? Were you, were you able to get some rest? I seem to sleep fine in a car. Oh, just the opposite of me. <laughs> sometimes not even the blindfold and just sleeping. I don't uh, know. Wow. I have, proof. I have proof on video. I know. Uh, <laughs> some music too. Some music in my ears. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. But we, we had to, um, to resolve to, you know, um, um, you know, uh, Romain was uh, driving and then uh, I was tweeting, you know, I was updating the Polar Steps uh, tracking app. And so on. and he was, you know, almost shouting at me, go to sleep. I can't sleep. You know, you're I'm excited. And, uh, and, yeah. and was I was tweeting. He was and, and supposed then, to sleep. Go to sleep. I need you later because I want to sleep while you drive. Yeah. Uh, you're right. Maybe I should sleep. Uh, I tried to sleep, and I was, uh, I can't sleep. I can't sleep. Uh, yeah, the, the human factor is brutal when you're doing these things. We, yeah. we, I mean, you've you know it now because we've done it too. Um, yeah, it's not it's not fun. I mean, there are things you can mitigate for some of that stuff, but I think yeah. I think one of you had made a comment on Twitter that these kind of things really should be done with three people. Fine Lab has a line of protective coatings that were engineered to protect your Tesla's paint, leather, carpet, plastic, and wheels effectively blocking all those UV rays and environmental factors before they ever get to ruin your brand new baby. FineLab offers a complete line of car care products and ceramic coatings for both the do-it-yourselfer and professional detailers. Did we mention we also have the world's first self-healing coating? Check us out at finelab.com, that's spelled F-E-Y-N-L-A-B, to see the science behind the self-healing. Check out our product catalog and click contact us for a free quote from a certified installer in your area. FineLab and Tesla. We were meant for each other. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
but then the third person in the back well i don't know how you how you sleep it's uh, it's uh, even less comfortable yeah. well those seats the, the seats in the front are you know amazing comfortable uh, you don't have to sleep in the back you can just rest i don't know but um <laughs> Well, I, you don't know if you can rest. You can I, rest. I, I went on vacation with my wife and daughter, and uh, we went to Italy. We drove 4,800 kilometers, uh, and now from um, uh, from the start of the summer, I'm at uh, 17,000 kilometers, including this run. So, and I've got a broken vertebra. My first lumbar vertebra is broken. I've got uh, you know titanium plates and uh, and bolts and whatever. I don't feel any pain. There is no issue. The, the seats are fantastic. Uh, yeah, they are. Yeah. Sandy Monroe says it's the best seat in the world. I believe him. Uh, I mean, it's it's really crazy how they are, how good they are. But I sat in the back recently, uh, and I wouldn't advise that. Uh, on the Model 3, the, the, the back seats are a bit too up straight. That's, uh, that's and, true. Um, it's good for, for kids. Uh, also, the sp suspension, you're very close to sp suspension, and the Model 3 is a sports car, so it's, uh, it's, it's a noisy. bit... Uh, yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's a bit hard. So I wasn't really comfortable in back. It's, a, it's still okay, but it's not a perfect place. Uh, but the, the front is great. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. fantastic. I agree. Um, having okay, done the I run, would... now that you've done it, uh, what would you change? What would you, what would you modify? Three people sleep during the day before leaving at eight, like leaving at eight, like we did, but sleeping during the day, and that's about it. Yeah, we that's went to the swimming pool. We didn't sleep. That was great. <laughs> um, <laughs> we had a great, great hotel in the, in Portugal. It's a fantastic. Oh, place. I can imagine. I know for, for us at the end of the groups, trip, we couldn't uh, wait to, to to have a good night's sleep in a good bed. Yeah. Remember, I mean, it was one of the best sleeps I ever had. It, it yeah, was incredible, and and I, I laughed so hard when I saw you post how good your your first shower was. Yes, that was a religious experience when we got to Halifax, and I got this big blast of hot water. It was like, oh. yeah, nothing like oh, a fresh shave. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. And was... since we are on the on the topic, we were really surprised because we we didn't change for three days, and we were really surprised that you know. We, we did the run without breaking a sweat, you know, basically. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't uh, smelling too bad. No. It was bad, but not horrendous uh, like we, we would have thought. I, th I think we got that question a few times, like how bad did, did it get? But it um, it wasn't that, you know. No, we were okay. Well, we were, we were very careful with what we ate. I mean, we were <laughs> stuck eating a lot of really bad food along the way. But, you know, we didn't go for any really spicy Mexican food or anything. Yeah. That could have gotten downright dangerous by day three. <laughs> I was going to ask you, what did you do for food? Just restaurants, like fast food? You know, I don't remember eating all that much on the trip. We brought yeah, a big bag of snacks with us, and uh, mm -hmm. the yeah. only times we actually had really big dinners was maybe once a day. Yeah, yeah. so still once a day you found a way to get the time to eat a, a proper meal. Well, it, what we did is um, we went just, just before the Cape uh, in Portugal, we went to a supermarket and we bought lots of fruits, kilograms of fruits, 
uh, every fruit you can imagine, you, you name it, we, we got them. And uh, we ate them, and, but we didn't even have uh, much time to eat them uh, because, oh, yeah. well, in the car, it's not too practical. You, you get the juice uh, all over the place. And, but, and outside the car, uh, some stops, we stopped only for eight minutes. So just you don't, just have time to take a picture, put it on polar steps, uh, maybe go to the toilets, but you have to run. And you yeah. go back to the car. Hey, let's go, let's go. Yes. <laughs> so definitely not a good way to travel. Uh, that's not the point. The point is not to say you need to drive that fast and not stop and uh, just stop for a few minutes. The only point is to um, to do that. It's possible. And um, in real life, uh, with my wife and kid, uh, the car is always waiting for us for uh, let's say uh, lunch stop, lunch break. The car is charging 15 minutes, enough to reach the next supercharger, and then we stay there for one hour and 15 minutes. So th that's that's the reality of uh, of electric cars. Yeah, well, I, I agree is, with you 100% uh, on that. There is no issue with charging times. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, you get the odd person that will say, "Well, I'll never buy an electric car unless it can charge 2,000 kilometers in five seconds." <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's completely unrealistic and that's not how you drive. And you're you're absolutely right in doing these is, is to prove a point that if you wanted to do these type of cannonball runs, it can be done. But realistically, nobody drives like that. And, it's you, and yeah, and yeah. it's well it's not good it's for your body. Uh, but you're absolutely right. Your um your observation about the charging uh situation is exactly what we experience too. Literally you have to run because <laughs> You know, you're going to charge so fast, we have to get to the next stop. But in reality, we, you don't do that. Yeah. yeah and, it, and, um, oh, go ahead, Ian. No, I was just going to say, the strange thing happened. I found as the trip went longer, I really enjoyed it. Like when we were crossing around Lake Superior, it was around 7 in the morning, Trev, when we stopped at that uh, stop that had the Tim Hortons. I want to say it was in White River. Or, it's all a blur now. Yeah. But anyway, one of the more than northernmost points in Lake Superior uh, the car, because of the extreme cold, it was saying you were going to charge for 30 or 40 minutes. And I was so excited because, like, yeah, we can actually go sit down <laughs> yeah. at a restaurant and eat like human beings. It was almost like the... the... Yeah, that's where you did your live show uh, on, um, I mean, uh, on... on um, I was able to ask questions and back and forth, you know, uh, on, on a chat. Most I think likely. we did that in the car. I don't think we did that in the restaurant. No, no that was in the car. Uh, yeah. I do remember that stop because I plugged in the charger and it was a snake because it was so cold. Yeah. <laughs> it was minus 20. Well, you, yeah. you know yeah, what minus 20 is like. Yeah, the practically frozen. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Oh, but, speaking but of how strange is that, you know, that you're actually looking forward to the car needing longer to charge so you can have a real meal. <laughs> That's, that's the only point I wanted to make. Actually, I wanted to ask the guys, um, speaking of temperatures, obviously, since you're starting in Portugal and you're ending up in Norway, what's the coldest temperatures that you've encountered so far? Um, four. No. Four at the end. Four, four, four where was it? In Alta? Well, yeah. in Alta, I, I, then we got a little yeah. more, six or seven, yeah. then back down, to, back down to four when we got to North Cape. Four? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah for first. our American friends, that's about 38 degrees Fahrenheit, yeah. I mean, well, listen, this time of year, that's pretty cool, and it will have an effect on your range for sure. Oh, yeah. I find any, I think anything under 15 Celsius, I start to see range effects. Yeah. Oh, yes. About the range? We'll try uh, a 2021 Model 3. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. different, different story. Good luck seeing a difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, about, about the range, I always joke about the fact that my car has a better range than my bladder, and it's true. <laughs> It's true. When I went uh, to Nantes, uh, so it's a it's a three-hour drive uh, to go to um, to Nantes, which is a, 
a city uh, northwest of uh, Bordeaux where I live. Uh, I went there to, to um, for the the pick up a uh, pick up of a romance car, and I had planned to stop at the supercharger just before Nantes, not because uh, I wanted to. I, I knew I didn't have destination charge, so anyway, I would need a break, and um, I couldn't make it. I mean, the car would make it. I, I wouldn't, so I I stopped to basically to pee and, uh, <laughs> and and I was rushing. Okay, so five minutes. What what? It's the strangest feeling is when you are in an electric car and you stop somewhere. If there isn't a charger, you feel like you you're wasting time. Yeah. What? I'm stopping and I'm not charging. You know, yes. the the rule is always be charging A B C. Yeah. And um, even if I don't, didn't need to charge, but. Uh, uh, so that that's how it works. I mean, uh, when people say I drive straight 800 kilometers, you know, like seven <laughs> or eight hours, I say you never stop, you don't pee. No, no, no. Okay. No, you have yeah, to pee. So. Even if you're driving, there's a couple yeah. of times when we actually peed right in the car. <laughs> We yeah. had to use, let's call it our very sophisticated onboard purging system. Yes. <laughs> Came in handy. Sounds cool. Yeah, but because you didn't have much, have much choice, because basically you stopped at every charger on the way. Uh, because, correct. Because uh, you spaced the, the correct, uh, correct time, a uh, correct distance. But in Europe, actually, one of the puzzles you we had to solve is there are too many chargers so which one do we choose which route do we choose uh okay let's take this one there is a v3 charger because this one is a v2 but the v2 route is shorter so what do we do and so we had to to solve those puzzles uh but basically we did that one step at a time so we left cape samson we plugged in North cap and uh and it showed us some options and we said okay well we'll take this one and then we arrive at the next charger and then we have 10, 15 minutes to figure out where we're going now, uh, now uh, the next stop. Did, did you have any chargers that gave you trouble? I know for us, when we, I mean, we started the trip mainly because uh, Tesla had um, uh, instantaneously lit up 23 chargers to fill up a large gap in the prairies for us. And the worst of it was when we hit northern Ontario. I guess the smaller towns just couldn't get enough power for the V3s. And it was so early that we had some trouble with some of them being down. Did you guys encounter any problems with it? I know the supercharger network is very reliable compared to others. Um, but did you have any um, any bad experiences on on any of them on your trip? We we had one where we ran like we plugged in, ran to the toilets, came back after three four minutes, and it hadn't started the charge. Oh, which felt like oh man, <laughs> just <laughs> lost, just lost three minutes. Which yeah. like, it's seventy hours. It doesn't matter that much, but dang it. Yeah. yeah, the the thing is, the, it's a testament to the fact that the network is so reliable. You you get in, you pl you park the car, you plug it, and then you run to the toilet. You don't even look at the charger because you know it works. Yes. And then sometimes it doesn't work, but it's so rare. I mean, in in two and a half years of ownership and fifty thousand kilometers, maybe three times I had a charger not working. Okay. And during this run, we stopped at 31 superchargers. So there, there was this time in Angoulême where we, uh, it didn't work. We just moved to the next stall and it works. And the second thing was in Guarda in uh, Portugal or Spain, uh, where we came in, we plugged it. And the speed was, you know, it's a V2. The speed was 109 kilowatts. And mm -hmm. with the stage of, of charge we had, I think we, were, we had three, four, five percent. 
109 was too small, so we moved to the next stall, and then we got 140 uh, oh, nice. So that stall definitely had uh, had speed issues, but that was the only only times we had to do anything about the charging. Every other time we just plugged it, it worked, and the speed were great. I know for you us, you guys never had a, never had an issue with the car. No, the no, run. the car was perfect. Well, I mean, we've told the story where we had issues with the car after the run. Yeah. Where yeah. Ian had, uh, I mean, you have to remember, yeah. Ian and I had both gone to um, um, a Florida a few weeks prior to this. And, of course, him traveling all across. So he had done approximately, what, about 100 charges? 100, 105 superchargers in a five-week period with almost mm-hmm. no recalibration on a level two in between. So... I, I could tell on the way out when I got down to two or one percent on my way to go to meet Trev in in Vancouver, something strange was happening because the car was becoming very lethargic. Like I remember crawling into one charger at one percent, the car wouldn't go more than fifty kilometers an hour. I've never seen that before. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was odd. So like, hmm, and the, it went into service in Calgary prior to arriving, and they scanned the pack and said your, your pack is perfect. It's, it's just your BMS might be a little confused. You need to do some you know zero to one hundreds and back on a level two, and like. Eh, not going to happen. I don't have that kind of time. So uh, it was flawless coming back across the country. We The lowest we ever reached was about 5%, again, because you know we were running in really extreme cold and there were so many variables. We didn't want to risk going lower than that. So below 5, I mean, reaching 5, we had no problems at all. And then on the way home, as, as uh, we've told quite a few of the listeners and viewers, um, we reached a point where at around, I think it was at 11%, it started, Trev, where yep. the car wouldn't exceed uh, 100 kilometers an hour, and it started losing power. And by the time we reached the supercharger at 8%, it was down to 50 kilometers an hour top speed, was which was really highly amazing. unusual. But yeah. again, we're talking about a car that had been supercharged 100 times nearly in a row. So no kidding, the BMS is going to be really confused. And as soon as I got home and I did the 100% charge down to five and then back up, flawless. It was perfect. Yeah, we didn't encounter that. Um, on the way back from uh, Nordcap, um, we reached Nordcap with a uh, with uh, a nine eight percent something like that, just twelve percent, just enough to go back to um, to uh, to Onyxvag, which is the the small village uh, just be- below. And uh, on the way back, I did some um, some heavy acceler- accelerations just to. Uh, I wanted to basically go reach on bag with zero percent <laughs> again. Uh, I didn't succeed. <laughs> I arrived. Uh, we arrived with um, uh, with two percent at the the world's northernmost supercharger on bag is yeah. 73.9 degrees of latitude uh, north. And uh, and I was really surprised. Well, the car at that time at one or two percent. Then add, uh, I punched it hard, and it would go from zero to thirty, like almost like a normal car. And after that was really yeah. lethargic. And uh, well, we charged it uh, a bit at the supercharger just to just to, um, to to tell that we've been to that uh, northernmost supercharger in the world. And we came to the hotel, which has a de- destination charger. So at uh, since I remember that story. Uh, we we recalibrated when we went to 100% on uh, on slow DC, uh, slow AC charging. Oh, very good, excellent. So, what are your plans now? Where where are you guys right now, and what are your plans? Uh, I mean, obviously you're heading home. So, what what are you up to yeah. now? Slowly, slowly going down the Norwegian country. Mm-hmm. 
And it's pretty nice. Pretty. It's all the same though. <laughs> it, it looks very similar for a few thousand kilometers, I think. But it's right nice. now, yes, but it, it's getting better. You're gonna drop into Oslo and say hi to our friend Bjorn. Uh, oh, yeah, we'd well, love to. We'd love to, but uh, we we know we we need a need uh, we need a, a mean to reach him. We know a few Norwegian friends that may be able to reach him. So we'll see if it works. You know, with the, try with him on. He's 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 on Facebook. So I would try Facebook. Oh, yeah. I, I know Facebook. I don't like Facebook, but yeah, yeah. he I've talked to him, <laughs> but it's, it's always been on Facebook. So really, okay. Yep. So I don't know if I can reach him with DM. Yeah, DM uh, on Facebook. Uh, yeah, he's. I, I think I've talked to him on Messenger before, so give that a try. See if, see if you can get all of them. Yeah, I, yeah, I would love to see that. I, I have to think he would want to talk with you. I mean, this is this is right up his alley. Your project, uh, yeah, for sure. Exactly. For sure. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Bjorn was uh, definitely the first YouTuber that um, I've I've watched uh, in 2014 when I got interested in Tesla again because. I've got a story about that, but um, uh, and his his uh, videos were uh, were great. You know, he was measuring efficiency. Likewise, he's doing. He's a nerd. He's is uh, really deep into the numbers and uh, mm -hmm. even correcting for the inaccuracy of the the speed, the, the percentage, and whatever. So yeah, is is uh, definitely uh, uh, someone we would love to meet. And uh, about uh, about Tesla uh, and me. Um, I got interested in two Tesla in, uh, in 2006, 2006, when they revealed the roster. So I saw that and I said, whoa, so electric cars can be fun. I mean, it's uh, it's not like a, just a golf cart or electric van or whatever. And uh, so obviously it was a toy, a toy for rich people. It was, uh, the price was uh, more than $1,100 or euros in, uh, when it was shipped in Europe. So I, I couldn't, um, I couldn't um, afford that, that kind of car. And I did not have the use for it anyway, um, but I couldn't afford it. So I forgot about the Roadster and I forgot about Tesla. And then the Model S came and I just saw some pictures and I thought, okay, yeah, a big sedan that's Okay, can go long distance. That's that's good. But then the charging must be slow. So well, I don't know. And then they revealed the supercharger, and I didn't pay attention to that. I was on other project, and I didn't realize that. And what made me click about EVs is the rally they made, the cannonball basically they made in 2014 in uh, the dead of winter in January. They crossed from Los Angeles to New York in three days. And with two models, and uh, the support van broke down. You know, fossil uh, fossil van broke down. Mm -hmm. The models were flawless. They encountered crazy snow, like you did on the in the Rockies, um, and they made it. And I was whoa! That that was the you know the haha moment. You know, wow! This is this is it. The, the electric cars are uh, they can work. It's um, that's how um, that's the future. And uh, and uh, and it was happening. So I got interested in Tesla at that time and I watched every video I could uh, about Tesla. I, uh, I read every article I could for two, two years. Uh, I was really amazed at uh, what they are accomplishing. And then uh, I reserved my Model 3 in, in 2016. Any plans for any future EVs, Tesla or otherwise? Um, Romain? I'd Somebody mentioned to me the idea of doing a similar trip 
with a, an Aptera or a Lightyear one, mm. which I would love. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how to get my hands on one. But <laughs> well, let's put it out there. If anybody has one, we have your team. <laughs> but would you would you really love doing a cannonball again? Oh yeah. Oh, I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm not sure at all. Well, let's, let's just say that... Oh, you're, you're longer than I am. So you're, uh, sorry, you're let's just say that Ian, Ian has floated the idea, um, a slight variation of that. Obviously, with the pandemic, it's put everything on the back burner. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, we have some ideas on how we can make it more interesting and to involve more people. Yeah, so, not, we'll the, not the same thing. You wouldn't want to do the same thing. You'd die of boredom, but <laughs> a variation of it. Yeah. I, I have like, I have plans on doing a, a large road trip um, when yeah. let's say the, the roadsters road arrive or something like that. But it it won't be a cannonball run. It'll be it'll be like a month two long weeks. thing. <laughs> yeah, two, right. two weeks exactly. <laughs> right. Uh, plans for uh, new cars. Um, I first test drove the Model S in twenty fifteen, and that's a big car. You know, for Europe, it's a huge it's a car. Big car yeah. And um, and I loved it, but um, that that was too big for me. So uh, I was really interested in Model 3, which is perfect size for Europe. And so I got Model 3. And um, I didn't get a Model 3 performance because I wanted a performance. But uh, I wanted also to be able to rent my car on uh, the equivalent of Turo, which is mm-hmm. a drivey in France. And now it's been bought, to, bought by Get Around. And I just didn't want the renters to mess up with uh, track mode. You know, mm-hmm. because that's the first thing that I would do is uh, to uh, to destroy your tires and destroy probably the car using track mode. Um, so I bought um, I, I bought a long range instead of that, and I bought uh, the the option the wheel options uh, the, because they look nice. Mm-hmm. They are less efficient, but they they look a lot, lot nicer, in my opinion. And so I saved eight thousand five hundred euros um, by not getting a performance. And I bought Tesla shares for that uh, price. I, I got 40 shares. Uh, and so those 40 shares now are 200 shares. So I basically got a free of charge model free performance if I want with those shares. <laughs> but I think that my next car uh, might not be a model free uh, because I'm going to start to drive uh, for work professionally. And um, so maybe I need a bigger, a better seats in the back for the passengers. Uh, so my next car is probably at 99 points, maybe 9% now. It's going to be a Model S Plaid. Oh, so, wow. Wow. I just have to wait until the Tesla share goes high enough so that I can get the Plaid free of charge. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I understand. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Very and, cool. And, and you guys, apart from like road trips any ideas any plans for something insane of the sort something <laughs> endurance wise or physically pushing the limits or i don't know any Ian? ideas we're, we're too old for that that's okay we did it <laughs> <laughs> i think no, the, no plans. I, it's hard to imagine something that would have been physically tougher on us than doing three days non-stop across the country i mean you guys obviously right. understand that now i mean yeah. i yeah, it'd be fun to come up with a different type of project. I mean, taking the car to the track last year was a real blast. I mean, I was yep. uh, I couldn't do it this year. There was just too many other things going on. But I want to get it back there and do more time on the track. It's a very different experience, but it's it's incredible 
how fun this car is. And again, you know, prior to us recording the show, you know, we were having a little conversation and it's the one thing about these cars that really blows my mind is, you know, Tesla is a company that's trying to solve the autonomy problem, right? They're trying to make cars completely autonomous, you know, so that you can have low cost transportation available to everybody. It's a completely different version of the vision of the future that I have as an enthusiast. But at the same time, the cars are so incredibly fun to drive. Like it's, it's, we're so lucky that we have a car that, you know, you can take to the track, you can take on a twisty road and have as much fun as any other car of our own more, in fact. And yet when you have a long, boring highway drive, you just click on autopilot and the car does it for you. It's so remarkable that exists in the same automobile. I guess you, you have to be thankful that it didn't start like from day one as we're going to make cars autonomous. Yeah. It started at day one with... We have to make a car that's fun, practical, and electric. Yes, exactly. I mean, you know, they could have built an electric Accord or an electric Toyota Camry, and it would have suited the job for most of the population perfectly. They didn't. They smashed it out of the park. You know, they they built one of the most fun sedans that you can drive at any price point. Uh, Your point, uh, Romain, is, is exactly right. They had to prove that they could be better. Or in Elon's really elegant statement we had to build a car and like prove that electric cars didn't suck or didn't have to suck i think is what yeah. he said well they definitely don't suck that's, no oh my god no sure. no it's so mind-blowing i i was on vacation earlier uh, in the alps and um so the, there were a bunch of kids that uh, said, "Oh, you, you have to Tesla," and uh, then so I made them uh, play in the car with the, the you know the beach buggy play, mm-hmm. game and so on. And say, "Oh, it's so fun!" and so, and then say, "You wanna you, you wanna ride?" Uh, okay. Uh, so I asked their parents, uh, "Is it okay if I, if I give them a ride? Uh, promise I won't hurt them. <laughs> we yes. won't have an accident. It will be safe and so on." But um, so the twisty roads in the Alps uh, were perfect. You know, speed limit is 80. No need to go faster than that. Uh, if you take a turn at 80 on those roads, it's like the, the first reaction was, oh, it's like Space Mountain. It's incredible. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> that's, that's so, wow. And, and you know, the, um, they were like, this, oh, yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to die. But it's okay. Relax. I mean, that's, that's fine. But it's... It, it, the thing that make it um, and makes it strange is the absence of, of noise, so that they don't expect that. Yes, it's crazy. And just another uh, note: my wife and kid, while I'm away, uh, they said, "Okay, we have to treat ourselves as well. You, you're on, you're going on a trip, so we do something." <laughs> so my wife said to my daughter, uh, "Okay, next weekend we there is a surprise, but you have to wake up at five in the morning." Oh, okay. We take the train. Oh. Where are we going? So surprise. Okay. And then they ended in Disneyland Paris. I hate that place. I've never been there. I hate waiting in line for, you know, for, for rides and so on. Uh, well, if there was no line, I would go. No, no problem. But the, the, those lines, it's crazy. Anyway, so they went there and they called me and they say, oh, we've been to, uh, you know, Space Mountain, whatever. But, you yeah, know, it's kind of boring. I mean, uh, when you have a Tesla, uh, <laughs> you have a Tesla, you have Space Mountain every day. Yes. Yeah. It's it, spoiled. It, it, definitely. It's it. Well, it's it's OK, but uh, in your Tesla, it's it's faster. It's a you get more. <laughs> than, so we, they tried to go to the um, to the uh, another attraction, which was uh, higher speed, you know, more G's. 
but my my daughter is just below one point four meters, and uh, so they couldn't go. Oh, so, oh anyway. that sucks. <laughs> cool. Well, gentlemen, I don't think we want to hold you up any longer. Uh, do you have any closing things? Anything else you'd like to say before we sign off? Thank you so much for um, for inspiring us to do that uh, crazy, stupid trip. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, that was really, really a hard thing to do. And so it makes the reward so much better because we are really proud of what we did and uh, the fact that we uh, we we survived first <laughs> because rule number one was do not crash. And um, autopilot was such a lifesaver because it's, you know, we were two, but really three driving because we, you mm -hmm. have the pilot the the autopilot is uh, is there and the copilot is sleeping on the on the passenger side and uh, that was a great thing to do and uh, we are uh, we hope that um, you know uh, now we we have a link it's uh, you know cannonball.teslastars.fr um, if you ever hear someone in Europe that says well oh, it's impossible to cross Europe in an EV and so on it just tweet that send him that link and it brings you directly to our polar steps uh app which is a fantastic app by the way that tracks every place you've been and you can zoom in zoom out and see the pictures and so on. so uh, definitely we prove the point the it's possible to travel fast in an ev at legal speed and uh and it's much better than uh, than any fossil car and there is no emission uh, because the supercharger network is uh, 100 renewable so um, we have to go this way. Uh, there is no other way. Yeah. Well, for those of you who are listening or watching, I'll put a link to their uh, efforts in the uh, podcast uh, description. Um, you guys are popular on Twitter. What are your Twitter handles so people can follow you on Twitter? It's uh, Tesla Owls. So T E S L A O W L S. Very yes. good. Yeah, like the and, and Tesla Stars. T E S L A stars tesla stars again links will yeah. be in the video description if you guys mm -hmm. want to follow them on twitter yeah so Wait. my car is uh my car's name is aldebaran that's the giant red red star in the taurus constellation so uh, all my all my teslas will uh, will be named after after stars i've got a few names already but... <laughs> yeah. that's cool i, I have some it names too for my for for my future cars <laughs> but uh, some of them yeah. are not not safe for work so <laughs> leave it there. Ro roman what do you call your car uh, mine is Mia, like Pulp Fiction and La La Land. Oh, very good. Oh, very cool. And yeah, uh, final thought. Uh, if anyone wants to, like, I don't know, if anyone wants to make that road trip, I dare you, I double dare you, do it. But do it with three people and come, uh, come talk to us, we'll give you advice. Yeah, do it. Definitely, the, the the record records are meant meant to be broken. That's right. Uh, we would be thrilled to have uh, that record broken, and we will help you. We'll give you all the advice we can give you. Uh, we will uh, tell you where we messed up because we messed up a few times. Do it um, and uh, do it, but be prepared because it's it's really hard. It's brutal. Uh, so um, and uh, and that will uh, w the way we see it it's we are only it's not there is no competition in that, in that space we are one team of humans fighting climate change and showing people that they can ditch their fossil cars and get into the future with evs 
and uh, that's the only thing that matters absolutely i agree with you well it's time for us to sign off ian where can people find you well, before I do that, I, I haven't officially congratulated our guests on the feat. I mean, That's we've been true. talking and talking and talking, but just face-to-face while I have you here on the camera, I want to tell you, uh, I am so thrilled at your achievement. I mean, and I'm very humbled by the fact that we had something to do with inspiring it. Um, it's such a, a major thing that you did, and it's a very different environment in Europe, and people might think, well, it was the summer. It must have been easier, but you've described a lot of the challenges you overcame. I think it's fantastic, and I hope that in turn your journey – now uh, inspires somebody else in some other region in the world, in some part of Asia, perhaps in Australia. I would love to see this done in every region where people drive to prove the exact same point. So let's hope that, you know, this becomes a chain of events, that somebody else takes on the challenge somewhere else, because we want to prove this. It's, it's, we're there. I mean, this is now feasible for everyone who at least can afford a car like Tesla. And we know that there's even more affordable choices coming down the road very, very quickly. So let's hope it, it cascades and we see more and more of this so we can put all of these terrible, you know, myths to bed. So thank you, gentlemen. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and on that note, yes, I will um, sign off. My um, my Twitter handle is at uh, Ian Pavelko. You can find me at the Tesla Owners Online um, forum, and the handle is Matt Hungarian. Um, direct messages are open on Twitter, and of course, you can just tag me at Matt Hungarian on the forum if you have anything that I can help you with. I'm always glad to do so. That's where you can reach me. And if you're looking for some, well, what is now becoming vintage Tesla wear, i got to do something about that, <laughs> such as my Evolve shirt that I'm wearing today. And uh, Guillaume actually had his out on the trip. I was so yes. thrilled to see that. So you can find that at Teespring, T-E-E Spring, all one word, dot com, and look up the shop on there called Mad Hungarian's Evolve Wear. Excellent. Well, that leaves at me. Um, you guys can follow me on Twitter. The handle's Tesla Owners Online. Don't forget to check out the forum at teslaownersonline.com, the best and friendliest place to discuss all your stuff, Tesla. And I want to say a, a huge thank you to our two sponsors, the guys at EvanX for uh, Tesla accessories and Fine Lab ceramic coating. So if you want to protect your paint and your beautiful Tesla, make sure you get a good ceramic coating from these guys. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Congratulations on your run. Uh, it was very inspiring uh, to watch you guys. And uh, yeah, now you know what it's like to do an iron butt run. <laughs> it's not easy, but it sure is fun. And it's something you can put in your pocket and you have for the rest of your lives. Thank you for joining us. And we will see everybody on the next show. Thanks for watching. And we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Thanks. <laughs>